Anyway, so sort of, anyway, my name's Andrew, and uh, I'm from Rydvelin in Wales, and my, the reason you've inspired us is this building. See, we're, we're church planting into quite a poor area in the valleys near Pontypridd, and right in the middle of this area is the sports bar. And I've always loved the sports bar. It's, it's great, it's got a Skittles Alley, snooker hall, sort of pool tables, it's got a big 250-seater, sort of working man's club, it's got a big bar area. And I always used to say to the church, wouldn't it be brilliant if one day we met there, that that could be our building. And people got hold of this, and I would go into prayer meetings and people praying, oh God, give us a sports bar. It'd be so brilliant to have the sports bar. And you know, you're thinking, well, yeah, I'm happy to pray this as well, because it's not for sale. Yes, Lord, give us a sports bar. Then as lockdown happened, we get a phone call from the owner of the sports bar saying, are you guys interested in buying the sports bar? Because I'm going to sell it. And it's that horrible moment where you've been thinking, well, I can't say no now, can you? You know, you've been saying, what sort of leader would you be saying, let's go for a sports bar, oh, it's up for sale. Oh, I was only joking. You know, so it's like... In the middle of lockdown, when we can't meet, we decided we'd go for the sports bar. Unfortunately, they also got planning permission for eight properties, which put the price up. And eventually, we agreed a price of 250000 which was crazy because we're a poor church and what comes in goes out. There's, there's nothing, you know. And, but it was this sense of, oh, wouldn't it be amazing? This is the, the sports bar is like the alcohol, the drug centre, the gambling centre for the whole community. Wouldn't it be amazing to turn that to a place of hope? And it's like, oh, that's going to be really exciting. So we went for it. As a church, we raised 150,000, which I was still cannot quite get my head round how that happened. And then like, two weeks ago, we discovered we've got accepted for a grant of 125,000. So we are buying the sports bar. And now the fun begins, because it's been empty for two years, and all the local youths that we know very well either setting fire to the fields around us or shooting the windows out of the sports bar. So it's going to be fun as we kind of go and redo it and get it going. So, but I've had many conversations with Richard saying, which grant did you get? How did you, these people do? And it's been, just been great. I want to talk to you today on the back of some of the things that have already been mentioned in the meeting. Confidence in Jesus. And I want to talk about the authority of Jesus and for us to recognise what authority it is we now live under. See, lockdown was a really odd time. For us in Wales, it was particularly odd because we came to a certain realisation. And it was this. Like you, we all watched Boris make his announcement to say, we're going into lockdown. And we went into lockdown. In fact... Some friends of mine in, in Swansea suddenly thought, actually, we want to get married. If we're in lockdown, the wedding won't be able to take place. We need to get married by midnight tonight. And so they seriously got married 11.30 in the church, got the registrar there, got married, and then went into lockdown for, for the rest of the year. <laughs> it's lockdown. We were watching every day the Downing Streets announcement at 4 o'clock they'd come out like sort of weather vane things, you know, they come to their desks and breaking every COVID rule en route. You know, it always made me laugh. You'd watch them, you know, sort of all 
kind of, <laughs> and then they all go from their two metre distances. You know, I mentioned in the 915, it used to make me laugh, in the rugby while they were playing, they, when it came to the national anthem, they all stood two metres apart. <laughs> and, and then the next second, they're all piling into one another. It was just bonkers, really. But we were watching Boris and his announcements. And then bit by bit, we'd hear the first minister, Mark Drakesford, in Wales, make some announcements as well. And everyone was kind of thinking, oh, bless him. <laughs> he wants to stay relevant in this, you know, he's just repeating what Boris has said. And then bit by bit, we start realising, actually, he's saying something different. In fact, the rules in England and the rules in Wales are changing. And to make things even more interesting is, to find out the rules for Wales was really hard. <laughs> because we were being bombarded with the rules of England. So the media, the news, you can now don't need to wear masks in church. We still did, but we had to go exploring. Even during the worship, I got a text message from someone saying, what's the rules at the moment? Because <laughs> we had to discover them. You had to go on the Welsh website, government website, and find rules for place of worship. I had to sit in some forums, which were just bizarre, where you've got Sikhs, Muslims, and everyone in these forums trying to understand what the rules are. And when you're sitting there and having a discussion on washing body parts, you're thinking, I am in a different world right now. It was so strange trying to find what are the rules, because the law had changed. And actually, it really affected us. So much so that my daughter got married in August two years ago, and uh, during lockdown. And so we obviously could only have 30 people. And then we were getting, they were getting married in a church in Pontypridd. And then we, a friend of mine's got a barn and we had booked that. We're going to have the reception there for the 30. And it's going to be great. And then the Welsh government say, actually, we're pushing receptions back a week. So it was illegal to have a reception in Wales on that date. And I remember the conversation with... Jess and Ethan, they're trying to work out, well, what do we do, what do we do, what do we do? I say, well, we could use the garden, but you only allowed a certain number in the garden. And well, could we do sort of have people coming and going? And we're trying to work it out. And I suddenly said, but you can have a reception in England. And so I managed to negotiate with someone in England, near Gloucester, that he would take his wedding barn out of mothballed moth that they'd done in lockdown and we'd use it. And so we got married, they got married in Ponty, and then we all drove off to England at a reception because the rules were different. And you had to work out what authority am I actually under? Do you know what? I think it's a season for us in the church to wake up to the authority we're actually under. And actually, as we're coming out of lockdown, we've got to remind ourselves we're not under the authority of the world, <laughs> we're under the authority of Jesus. And so I just want to take some time unpacking his authority. And do you know what? I love this as a Welshman because I can't exaggerate it. The more I exaggerate, the closer to the truth I get. It is beyond anything. So Jesus, after his death and resurrection, after he's taught the church for 40 days on the kingdom of God, 40 days on the kingdom of God, so it must have been important, <laughs> taught them and taught them and taught them about his kingdom, he then goes up onto the Mount of Olives, takes them with him, and he stands before them. And we see in Matthew 
28 verse 16, he turns to them and says, All authority in heaven and on earth and under the earth is mine. Now that's quite a statement. <laughs> that's quite a statement. And I think I often looked at that and thought, what Jesus was saying is, all the authority I had in heaven before I became human, it says, I laid aside my majesty, all that I did and then became human, fully God, but human. I never played the God card while on earth. I've now got that restored to me. Actually, it's much bigger than that. It's actually the authority that Jesus had won by what he had just done. It's authority that he'd won. So I want to take us right back to creation. And when you go back to creation, you see a God of blessing. Have you ever noticed, whenever God creates, he then blesses it. So he creates plants, he creates animals, and he blesses them to be fruitful. The blessing of God is be fruitful, multiply, be fruitful, multiply. And then it comes to the pinnacle of his creation. And he doesn't speak this creation into being. He breathes life into humanity, made in the image of God. You are the pinnacle of God's creation. And he's blessed you. And he creates humanity. And then says this, be fruitful, multiply, and rule. We're made in the image of God. We're created to rule. To be fully human is to rule. And suddenly, when we think of rule, we think, oh, dictators, <laughs> Putin, all oh, images start coming to mind. Actually, this is what the rule of God looks like. When Jesus looked at the crowd, he looked at the crowd, at the 5,000, and what did he say? A sheep without a shepherd. The rule of God is to care. The rule of God is to bring the love and the authority of God into situations and bless it. Because God blesses in his, in his creation. It's full of blessing. And so Adam and Eve were given authority. This authority was put on them to rule and to rule God's creation, to rule with him, to submit to him and rule with God all of creation. God, humanity, angels, and creation. But an angel, a fallen angel, sees the authority given to humanity and thinks, I want that. I want that authority. And so Satan, as a serpent, comes into the garden, cunning, and tricks humanity. Did God really say? Did God really say? Did he? Did he? And they take the fruit that they've been told not to take. And at that point, something really significant happens. The authority that had been given to humanity, they took off themselves and gave it to an angel. They gave it to Satan. Satan never received any authority from God. 
He took it off humanity, and humanity gave it to him. We submitted to Satan. So when we see sin came into the world, actually what you start seeing is the effect is huge on the whole of creation. Because it says in Psalms, we were created, we were made lower than the angels. At the moment we handed authority over to Satan, the moment we submitted to Satan and took that fruit, we handed authority over to him and we were made lower than the angels. The whole creation order was changed. Everything was changed. Suddenly we were living in a completely different world. The amazing thing is God continues to bless. (laughs) Continues to bless. But the moment that fruit was taken, the curse came in. And we were living under curse. Death came into the world. And everyone born is now born in Adam. We're born under that curse. We're born in his sin. We're there. We were called to rule, to reign, to carry authority. And now we're in submission to sin. Slaves to sin. But what's wonderful is God never changes his plans. At no point did God say, ooh, wasn't expecting that. In fact, what an incredible saviour we've got. That when Jesus spoke the world into being, he knew that he was going to have to enter into his creation lower than the angels so that he could restore everything as it should be. What a saviour. And Jesus, you know, we talk about the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed buried deep. Well, here's the kingdom of God, a seed in Mary's womb. How small. But everything was about to change. Because God was always going to keep his plan. A human was going to carry authority and submit to the Father and restore everything as it was intended. So we see Jesus born. And we know very little about his first 30 years. But we do know this. He didn't do any miracles. (laughs) He lived normal. Taught by his parents of who he was imagine Jesus studying in scripture and starting to realise the sacrifice he was going to have to make. What an amazing saviour. As he starts to explore and understand and starts to realise, hear his father's voice. And then comes his baptism. And his baptism is significant. He comes to John the Baptist and he's immersed into water. And as he's immersed into water, what happens? Heaven opens up. And the spirit of God falls on Jesus the first spirit-filled man, to model to us what spirit-filled living is to be. The spirit comes on him and empowers him. And then his father goes, oh, that's my boy. You had no idea how Welsh the father is. Look, oh, my boy, proud of him. Oh, so pleased with him. And authority is bestowed on Jesus to see the kingdom of God come. And he's taken by the spirit into the wilderness. Is it any surprise that Satan turns up? Authority has just been given. Satan's thinking, I like the last authority I had. I quite fancy this one as well. So Satan turns up. And it's a complete repeat of the Garden of Eden. (laughs) Complete repeat. Turns up. Well, I got the last lot with some food. Hey, 
You're hungry. Look at those stones. Why don't you turn them into bread? Jesus turns, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. It is written. Did God say, it is written? Oh. Satan takes him to the temple. Look! Throw yourself off it. Your father will send the angels to catch you. It is written. Do not put the Lord your God to test. Oh, okay. And then Satan does something extraordinary. He offers Jesus all the kingdoms of the world, which he can do because humanity gave him that authority. And he goes, look! Look at that! British Empire, look at all the different... Look at all of the stuff you can have! You can have it all if you submit to me. Jesus turns and says, depart from me, Satan. Eden and the fall has just been replaced. Satan is not getting this authority. This authority is pure and simply submitted to the Father. This authority is what, how authority should be carried, as one totally in love with the Father and carrying it to bring the rule and reign of God's creation back as it should be. And then Satan thinks, well, I'm not getting this authority. I'm going to have to destroy him. Little knowing that the destruction of this wonderful, pure, law-abiding, wonderful God-man meant that eternity kissed time. And that suddenly, for all of us, there is access into his kingdom. Little knowing that when Jesus went on that cross, he wasn't just going on that cross and dying, he was taking the very curse that had been brought in the Garden of Eden. The curse is thrown on him. He takes the wrath of God. He takes the sin of the world and it's there before everybody. And he does it. He does it. And then, because he's God, he resurrected. The God-man can now carry authority. The full authority that God wanted humanity to have. The curse is broken. Suddenly the goodness of humanity, the goodness of God is alive and his kingdom can come. And Jesus stands before the 120 and says, all authority is mine. In heaven and on earth and under the earth is mine. That's life-changing. That is utterly life-changing, culture-changing, national-changing, international-changing, kingdom-changing. He's done it. We who were once in Adam, because he's got all authority, can now be in Christ. (laughs) Suddenly, we can be right before God. We can have the relationship restored. We can live, not under slaves to sin anymore, but slaves to Christ. Everything has changed. We can know we're loved, we're called. 
We can know we've got a purpose and a destiny because he's got all authority. And right now, as we're kind of coming out of lockdown and all that's going on in the Ukraine, we can be kind of anxious and worried. It's good to remind ourselves he's got all authority. It says in Hebrews, at present it doesn't feel like it, but we see Jesus. And it's important. Why is it important that we come back together as church? Why is it important that we meet together? Because we see Jesus. We see Jesus in one another. We see Jesus in the word. We see Jesus in worship. We see Jesus and we, boy, do we need to see Jesus right now. So that we can live as people with confidence in a world that's full of unconfidence. But just like in Wales, we had to try and discover what are the rules, what are the regulations. It was hard sometimes because the British media is very English media and it shouts very loudly. And so you had to keep saying, well, actually, that's not the rule here in Wales at the moment. That's not the rule. We, we, we still have to wear masks here. We still have to do this. We're... Actually, Satan's rule and reign, his authority is very loud. And he's shouting very loudly at you. Where's your Jesus? Act like this. Live like this. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's no hope. Nothing, 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 nothing. Sometimes we need to look and hear Jesus say, All authority is mine. Do you know what's amazing about the Great Commission? Is it's the blessing of God again. So in Eden, God created humanity and said, be fruitful, multiply and rule. What's the Great Commission? All authority is mine. Be fruitful. Go forward. Bring the rule of God into every situation you go into. Teach them all about me. Baptise people. Make disciples. Go and be fruitful. The Great Commission, sometimes we think, right, this is the work bit. We've got to get on with this now. Jesus told me to go on. No, this is blessing. It's blessing. Because Jesus got all authority, our role is just to be fruitful. And the amazing thing is, when we recognise he's got all authority, we can be. When we think it's up to us, It's hard work. God does things that we're not expecting. We just need to be fruitful, to serve him. There's a funny story. My my mother-in-law reminded me of this recently. There's two Jehovah's Witnesses. And I don't come out well in this story, but my mother-in-law does, which is why she always tells me. But she always says, they they came to my door one day, and I lived just five doors down from where my in-laws lived. It's before I was married to their daughter. And obviously they weren't my in-laws, and they were just my house group leaders. But there was a knock at the door, and I was on a rush. I was getting out of the house. And you know that horrible moment when you open the door, and you know Jehovah's Witnesses. They smell and look like Jehovah's Witnesses. And they go to me and they said, could we interest you in life insurance? And I kind of looked at them and said, you're not selling me life insurance, you're Jehovah's Witnesses. And I was in a hurry, I was cross, I was irritated. And I just thought, do you know what, I've just had enough of this. So I said, listen, do you, do you take communion? And they go, yeah, we, we, we take communion. I said, what's the point? Didn't you say Jesus returned in 1914? Which is what they said. They said, yes, he came and set up a secret kingdom. I said, so why are you still taking communion? We're in search do it till he returns. Bye, slam the door. Right? That was my bit. They walk down and go to my in-law's house, knock on the door. My mother-in-law opens the door and they said, are you a Christian? They, she said, yes. She said, we just met a very angry Christian. <laughs> But he's got us thinking. 
Why do we still take communion as Jesus has returned? And she leads them to Christ. So I went, I was at their baptism, I was actually in the pool. <laughs> and it was very funny hearing them tell the story. Andrew was very angry. <laughs> and the nice thing is this, but God still used it. Because God is God and he's got all authority. And when God's changing someone's life, nothing that we do can get in the way. Because he's God. We can know his authority. We were in Adam, we're now in Christ. Jesus commissions those 120. He says, go forward and be blessed. And then they go back to the upper room. They lock themselves in the upper room. And to be honest, that would be the end of the story. Because they were totally meaningless, irrelevant, hidden in an upper room, worshipping, studying the word, being full of joy. But the rest of Jerusalem got on with life. I imagine some Pharisees going around saying, do you know what, I think we got over that Jesus thing. <laughs> not heard anything about him. I heard some rumours that he was still alive, but he's not turned up. I think, we're, I think we're in the good. I think it's good. You know, sort of Pilate. Oh, you know what? I do love washing my hands. I think I got it right. <laughs> Phew. And then the Spirit of God comes on. The people, blessed by God, commissioned by God. Spirit empowers them. And the first thing the Spirit does is take them out of the upper room and nothing's the same again. He has all authority. I love there's a quote from an early church father called Tertullian who says, we are but of yesterday, but we have taken your workplaces, your schools. We've taken the marketplaces. We've taken everywhere. All we've left you is the temple to your gods. They went. They were fruitful. They multiplied. And do you know what is so funny? On holiday once in Turkey, we went round the, the temple of Apollos. And as we were going round it, I turned to the, the tour guide and there was a, a fish scratched in the wall. And I said, why is there a fish there? I said, oh, because this was taken over by Christians. <laughs> so they even took the temples. We need to recognise the authority Jesus has got and live in the good of it. He's done it. He's reversed Eden fully. And what's even more amazing, we will see the fullness of that when he returns. And we will see, as he returns for his glorious bride, our Jesus, the one with all authority. Can we stand, please? Hmm. And just, everyone just shut your eyes a moment. If, if you're sitting in a, a situation and you just know, to be honest, at the moment I am just feeling like I am being bombarded by the authority of the world, the way I'm living, the way I'm thinking, it has been shaped by world thinking, not by Christ thinking. Christ wants to come right now and encourage you and bless you and release you. So if that's you, just lift your hand right now. Just now, actually, I, I'm being really affected. Coming out of lockdown, I just feel affected. I feel locked up. <laughs> Holy Spirit, just come right now. Remind us again of the wonderful authority that Jesus has won, that Jesus now carries, that he's now sat at the right hand of the Father with all authority. That's the saviour we worship. Holy Spirit, just come, release us. I'd encourage us to pursue you. Lord, I pray for this church to be all that you've called it to be, a demonstration of your kingdom here on earth in your amazing name. Amen.